Think you hate marketing? Think again. I'm Kelly, and welcome to the Marketing Chat Podcast, where I help you get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. Why is selling so scary? When you think about selling your services, do you get excited about it? Or are you filled with dread? Do you just wish that you didn't have to sell, like get on a call with somebody and you wish that your website would do all the selling for you? If you're like most people, you just want your website to do the selling for you and you would rather never get on a sales call yourself. Am I right? Why is that? We take sales so personally. When someone says no to us, it just feels like a personal rejection, doesn't it? Why is that? When we sell our services as a service provider, you know, we are so attached to the outcome. The service is like an extension of ourself. So we feel like when someone is telling us no to the service, to what we're offering, they're rejecting us. They must not like us, right? So there are three things that are going on. They very well might not like us. So, so what? We need to get over it. It's fine. They might not like us. The next thing that may be going on is they legitimately might not have the money to work with us either right then or possibly ever. And the third thing, and the most likely thing that's going on is we may be messing up the sales call. This was the case for me years ago when I was first starting out working for myself. Oh my God. The first few times that I would do a discovery call, right? Get on the call with someone. I'd ask them, so what's your problem? What have you done about it so far? Then I would jump in with all of these suggestions for them. These were concrete things that they could go do right then and there to start solving their problem. I wouldn't go into like, so how committed are you to solving this problem? And how important is it to you to solve this problem? I wouldn't dig into how painful the problem was for them. So that really gets into how important it is to them to solve it. I was just jumping in with all of these solutions. And that stays on the surface that keeps them on the surface of, oh, well, this must be easy to solve. And she just gave me all the answers. So what are they going to do? Well, of course, they're going to run off and try to solve it with all the answers that I just gave them. So I'd get to the end of the call and I would tell them my fees and then say, so what do you think? I wouldn't even move them really forward into the natural steps of, okay, so let's get you signed up, you know, in in a natural progression of here's the problem. Let's dig into your pain. How important is it to you to solve it? How committed are you? Let's work together. Let's make this happen. So naturally, a bunch of people said no. And then my follow-up, oh my God, it was just terrible. So in the very early days, um, my success rate was not fantastic. It wasn't that bad, but it wasn't fantastic. 
I finally got much better at sales. And now my success rate is very high because I understand the process that you have to take. And people come to me pre-sold because of my marketing on my website and my networking and referrals, word of mouth. So now when people come to me and I do a good progression through a sales call and have excellent follow-up, people want to say yes. And that's a key part of this too. When people find you through a referral, word of mouth, networking, your website, your good marketing, and people reach out to you, they're pre-sold a lot of the time. They want to hire someone. If they're reaching out and they're making a call, they're looking to hire someone most of the time. Not every time, of course. Sometimes they're just fishing around, but they're reaching out. They want to hire someone. And if they're talking to you, they're wanting you to give them a reason for them to say yes. So when they say no, there's a good chance that you've messed up the call or messed up the follow-up. So in this interview today with Crystal Robinson, she is going to walk us through some really great tips on how to rock your sales call and your follow-up. It is fabulous. So enjoy. Hope you love it. <clears throat> Today, we're talking sales with Crystal Robinson of Color Addict. Chrissy is a brand strategist and web designer and the owner of Color Addict, a design agency that specializes in branding businesses and entrepreneurs. Welcome, Chrissy. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our topic today. Me too. So how did you get started as a branding strategist and web designer? Love it. So I got started. I actually didn't even know brand strategy existed. I, since a child, was one of those really weird kids that would sit in like the dentist's office and see like the opportunities, right? Like, let's say 14 age, not really a kid, kid, but teenager, sit into these places and see like opportunities to improve what I called back then customer service, when in reality it's customer experience, which is a brand thing. And so I didn't know what I was calling it, but I love to see and take advantage of the opportunities to really like nail home brands, right? How people should feel when they experience you. And so when I got into more of the creative space of designing logos and doing websites and even dabbling a little bit in social media, I really realized the language that I speak is a lot different than your typical graphic or web designer. It's more around your customer, right? It's customer mm -hmm. focused, which is really all about the brand. And so it was a nice little journey, probably about eight years that took me to really get to where I am today, at least language wise. I didn't know how to market it per se, but it definitely was something that's always been really native to me to just see what opportunities were there and then build plans to actually execute on them, which is the harder part. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I love that you use that phrase customer experience, because that is really what branding is about. Mm -hmm. Can you just say a little bit more about that? Yeah. So a lot of people think brands are the logos and the fonts and the website and all of the pretty stuff we can see. But brand is actually not that at all. Brand is actually the experience, right? It's the gut feeling or perception we come to about a company or entity, 
right? Even as people, we have brands, right? So yeah. people who know you, they're like, oh, that person is great for this or she, her laugh is contagious. That's your brand that they're talking about. And so if you stop thinking about, not you, but if we stop thinking about, you know, brands as the visual identity part, which only plays a small fact, right? Your outside appearance, appearance is very, you know, it's this much influencing what I think about you. So if we stop thinking about the visual and more start thinking about how we show up, how do we show up in these spaces? What do we say? What do we do? How can we be consistent? right? How can we be authentic to who we are? Then we start pivoting into customer or even just experience in general, you know, even if it's not a customer, how do you want people who are potential customers or even friends of potential customers to view you, right? Because it's not always about you may be sitting in front of me and not be my potential customer, but you may know someone who is. So if I can get you to know and like me and, and trust me, then I will immediately get that referral. So it's, it's so much broader than what we currently think. Very true. And it's so much about what people think of us at mm -hmm. the brand, you know, and how they feel about yep. us. That really goes into that experience that they have of us. Yep. So what I like to say as a brand strategist, our job is to take what you want, right? As the entrepreneur, the freelancer, the business owner, you name it, what your intentions are, and mirror it to what they're currently feeling and try to draw some type of alignment here. So we're just doing this dancing game here where you want them to think this. So I'm going to do whatever I can in between to help them think this. That's mm. all that it is. We're listening, we're feedback, we're paying attention to analytics and we're forming strategies that are based on what you want as an outcome. Mm, that's great. So I'm thinking about that. That just made me think of Nike and just do it. And it's like, really tough medicine, you know, because you're imagining, I mean, they use world-class athletes as their mm -hmm. spokespeople, but also you see ads with regular people, you know, and they say, if you have a body, you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. So it's like this combo of the two and the just do it, you know, back to that tough medicine. It's like, okay, so you start as a couch potato, but you, you want to be an athlete, even if it's an everyday athlete. So they're like, okay, just do it. Come on, swoosh, let's move, take action. Yep. And so they know where you want to be. Like you were just showing with your hands for people who are just listening and not watching. They know where you want to be. And so they've got that message for you to pull you over there and to try to meet you right there, like you were describing. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And I actually, it's funny you use them as an example, my overarching brand. So I have a parent company for all of my companies and it's called Get Shit Done. And it's literally <laughs> modeled after Nike. And really all of my brands kind of have a Nike spin on them. We believe in like really blunt, direct information that's going to help you. Right. We're not just, you know, we're not about all the flowery and the florals and all that. Not to say that that's bad, but we're about getting you the information you need to take the next step to take action, period. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. They are just like the epitome of getting <laughs> shit done. That's yes. perfect. Yes, they definitely are. <laughs> All right. So we're talking sales today. Why are so many, like, especially solo entrepreneurs afraid of sales? So people are afraid of sales because a part of them believes that they are in some way selling themselves, even if they have a product. 
right? They're so invested in what they are doing that they have a direct like personal attachment to the result or the outcome of that sales, let's say activity, because it's not always a conversation. They have a investment there and they take it as almost immediate feedback to who they are and what they represent. They think if I, if it's a great product to me, everyone should be interested and everyone should take action. And then when they hear what feels like or sounds like no, but it's usually not no, to be honest, people don't really say no. They usually take that very personally and it stops them. If not always, it puts a dead halt in, in, into any other sales activities. It's very mm-hmm. dangerous when you look at sales from a personal perspective. If you think about even some of the most, you know, sleazy car salesmen, you walk out more people walk in. They're not necessarily invested in the result. They're not trying to get you, you know, no matter what at all costs. They're just on to the next because they understand that just because you don't see the value now doesn't mean that you won't in the future. And it also doesn't mean that it's any, you know, anything that I could have necessarily done better or worse. It's just not for you right now based on how you mm-hmm. see it. I like to say no is not now versus no. And people also just don't say no. I don't think I've ever heard a no. It's usually like, I have to talk to my husband or I have to talk to my business partner or all kinds of things that people say when we're talking about objections, right? Yeah. They're talking about my budget or I'll, I'll, it's not a priority this month or we just started working with someone else. Or it's mm-hmm. always something else that you can actually talk them through versus the no that we all fear. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. and. So that's making me think, yeah, when I have reached out to some people like service providers Mm -hmm. whom I've maybe met in person or I'm just checking out online, it takes kind of a lot for me to reach out. Like I have to be serious about it for me to reach out. Mm -hmm. In other words, I don't want to say no. If I don't say yes right away, there is some reason why I'm not saying yes mm-hmm. right then and there. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm really fascinated when you just said that. And like, that's- if someone approaches me, that's different. You know, mm-hmm. when I've had solicitors come to my door, no means no. Exactly. But when I'm reaching out, I am in many ways pre-sold. So if yeah. I don't say yes... I love what you're saying there. There is a reason. Say more about that. Yeah. So, and I like that you said that because that's actually the mindset shift that needs to happen, right? If someone's sitting in front of you, they likely are and listening to you. They likely already know that they have one, some type of problem, right? That you may or may not. So we don't waste our time, right? No one's going to just listen to a sales pitch if they feel like this is completely a stretch from anything they're looking for. So most sales activities, right? Because solicitation is more like a marketing thing. It's just spamming a bunch of people. But most sales activity is in fact direct, right? Mm -hmm. it's more assertive than something more passive. And so if you're, you could argue that if someone's sitting in front of you or listening to what you have to say, you're halfway there. It's just about packaging yourself in a way that feels valuable to them and speaking only about what they need, not about your product or service. Because at the end of the day, we just want our problem solved. If the product does that, great. They only care about the product or the problem being solved. Mm-hmm. And so if you sit in your calls and understand that people just want well, one, that they, that they don't look at it as a sales conversation, right? They know the sale is coming, 
but they're more hoping that you will solve their problem. And then two, if you can just understand that the no is very unlikely. If it is, it's based on like where they are, just not being a good fit today. Mm-hmm. And you continue to follow up. That's why I say fortune is in the follow-up. You're mm-hmm. fine. You're just going to always have things rolling. Every opportunity you approach today is could be an opportunity for tomorrow, next week, next year. I've had people in sales like follow-ups and it took them a year to work with me. But it's my persistence in building that relationship, that rapport over time. This is no lie. I have a client right now. She's one of my consulting clients. And it was years or a year of following up and being consistent and actually caring about her business. Yeah. Yeah. That relationship building really is key, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. More so so the money. A lot of people think they're afraid to talk about prices. You know, and that's another reason why people are afraid of sales, because it makes you much more direct and assertive. And we kind of want to hide behind marketing, (laughs) you know, and not sell things. But it's it's necessary. It's necessary to be in a viable, sustainable business to do sales. Yeah. Well, that's that's how we make money. (laughs) Actually selling. (laughs) But how many people do you really hear talking about sales in the business space? We're all talking about marketing. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. I don't talk about sales unless I have guests on talking about sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not my area of expertise. You know, the only time I do sales is when I'm sitting down, you know, on a Zoom call Mm -hmm. with a potential client. Exactly. That's when I'm doing sales. Yeah, but I'm not teaching how to do sales. So yeah, I bring you on to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) And marketing, to be fair, does get you leads, but it only gets you so far. And so people are investing time and money into marketing. I'll for marketing, right? So I'm an unbiased opinion. But, you know, they're investing so much time into marketing. Go, 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 go. Get all these people. But then they just let them sit there. Right. You have to act on it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take action. And that sales... Once the marketing attracts the people and the marketing can pre-sell people, can't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it but can, you it can still have to act on it. Exactly. I have yet to see something that there is no engagement that, that feels you can don't get me wrong. You can write marketing emails and marketing like say sales funnels, which is so funny that we even say that. But you can write them in a way where if feels like it, you're talking to one person. But as far as marketing, as to how it is today, marketing, I like to explain it's like marketing is screaming to the world. I have a product and service that can help you, you and you. Where sales is more of that whisper. It's like, hey, I see you. You look a little hungry. Look at this juicy orange I got. You know, it's very specific based off of what you're seeing about your potential customer. It's not just, hey, you random person. I think you might have, I just, it just literally happened to me right before I joined this. It was someone was in my inbox saying, Hey, I help entrepreneurs with health and wellness. And you look like you'd be a great client. And I'm in my head, like, how you haven't even seen me. You saw a little picture this big on social media. How do you know what my health and and wellness is like? Mm -hmm. So it's coming to an understanding. You've never heard me complain about my health. You get what I'm trying to say? Sales is more for understanding who you're actually talking to and talking to them in a way that feels like you're only talking to them. And you can do that on a mass scale, Mm -hmm. but it's art that most people can't perfect. So how do you begin doing that? First step is understanding your customers and where they struggle, understanding that pain and stop talking about your products and services because the truth is no one cares. They want their pain to be 
eliminated, right? There are a lot of foolish, foolish things and decisions we make to try to get out of pain mm-hmm. in one way, shape or form. And so a lot of us, we, when I, when I talk about pain, we think, oh, she means like, what if, what if I just, you know, sell dog collars? Then now you have a really, you know, unique way of talking to your customer. They still have a pain. They still have a problem they want to solve. Now you're talking about a fashionable way to address your dog or what if your dog, you know, loot, you know, gets lost or something like that. You got to figure out a way to package yourself other than what you are, because there's a lot of you out there. Yeah. Right. In every industry, every industry is saturated since online kind of ballooned. Every single industry is saturated. So you yeah. have to be creative, understand your client's actual pain point and mm-hmm. speak to it. I always say as a hack for this, especially if you do like consultative sales, meaning like sales calls, if you spend the majority of your time helping your client really relive and walk through their pain, you'll sell them every time. Unless they're complete, not fit or not ready, right? You will sell them because, and just to give you an example of what that looks like, asking questions like, what have you tried? That now puts me in a place of where I'm going to say, wow, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried this. Now this is a problem. It reaffirms and says, most people get in a sales call and just say, okay, great. Here's what I have for you. This is your problem, social media. Great. This is what I have. We're going to do this. We're going to do that versus saying, okay, you're having an issue with social media. What what results are you finding? I have no idea. Yeah. Right. I don't know. When I go there, I don't know what I'm looking at. Oh, now we're having a whole nother conversation about all the things you tried and failed. And it just makes that pain much more magnified when you make me relive it today. We we make decisions out of pain. And when Mm -hmm. you understand that, it's very easy to understand when the client will. I almost always know when I'm going to close. You know what I'm saying? It's very easy to tell. Yeah. Most people who don't move forward with me, they have every intention to, or it's just not a good fit. I turn a lot of people down to be fair. Oh no, that's good. Yeah. We need to know when we should say no. Yeah. To a client. And, and it is fascinating. Like psychologically, we make more decisions for pain avoidance than Mm -hmm. pleasure seeking. Yes. So yeah, this just makes perfect sense in sales to, to get them to talk more about their pain so that they can really see, okay, I've done all of this. This pain is real. Mm-hmm. So they can really understand, I really do need a solution to this. And then they can see, okay, this is a solution that just may help me. I'm going to try it. Exactly. Especially when it comes to people like booking on your calendar, you really need to use that time very delicately because if you think about it right most times you've even booked with a service professional it was out of like i am so tired of x problem you book that call and guess what just with the nature of how things work it just doodles down and you're not so tired anymore so you gotta revisit and make them tired all over again and this is not in like a Salesy, I'm of course talking to people who are impact driven and want to help people this is not something i want people to manipulate human beings with, but it's important for people to understand if this is a problem to them, if this was a problem to them at one point, we need to revisit the severity of that problem again so we can get them to make the decision that they know in their hearts is right. I am not about, you know, any kind of guerrilla tactics or like Mm -hmm. bullying people into making decisions, but to be fair, people do manipulate the system. And so as a, you know, a consumer or informed buyer, 
we need to also know that this behavior is out here as well. So you can spot it for yourself as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And when I ask questions about what have you tried before, how -hmm. important is this to you to resolve? I do all of that, or I ask those questions because if they legitimately and sincerely want a solution to their problem, Mm -hmm. then they need to be aware of, is it really a problem, you know, or are they just mulling it over? Mm -hmm. And if it is really a problem, well, I'm in the business to help, you know, if I were independently wealthy, I'd be helping people for free but I'm not. So this is the way that I make money. So I do charge for it. You know, we all have to, mm-hmm. but I do honestly want to help people solve their problems. Mm-hmm. And so they need to understand, is it a real problem? Are they serious about solving it? Exactly. And then make that decision. Exactly. And truth be told, it's part of just good integrity as a business, right? To sell to people who actually need you because most products and services need some type of input on the client. Let's say if you sell any weight loss products, you still got to use them. If you sell any services, we need your input. We need you to show up, right? So no matter what you sell, you still need your customer to show up for their part. And if you are in it for the wrong reasons, you don't care about them showing up, then yeah, you can make a whole lot of money. But how far will you really get with that strategy? Right, right. Yeah, when I teach people how to start their own podcast, I don't want people working with me and are joining the Women Podcasters Academy and then not taking action. You know, I want them showing up to the weekly meetings, for example, and they can't always, but you know what I mean. I don't want them joining and then not starting a podcast. Absolutely. I I mean, I have no control, but I am kind of attached to the outcome. Absolutely. (laughs) Because I I care. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about this before in like our prep call. So I have a community as well and participation is required to maintain. I don't care about your membership, you know, your your subscription. I will gladly release your 150 a month and let you go on about your way. I don't want to collect your money if you're not going to do the work. Yeah, we're not going to show up and be what other people are being to you when you show up. Right. So Mm. it's it's a matter of reciprocity that we have to kind of touch on as a business and working with our clients, no matter who our clients are. So if you don't care about the results, then great. Do whatever you want. Right. But just stay away from my clients. okay? because I have to talk them off that ledge all the time. But just stay away from my clients. But, you know, there are a lot of us out here who do lead with integrity. And I think that's really important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you're right. Too often people will sell you service, product, whatever, and then you're on your own. And if looking if if getting the solution isn't essential to you, then you're going to have another set of videos just sitting in your inbox and you're not going to do anything with them. And then it's a waste of money. Yeah. It breaks my heart because there are a lot of people out here who know what I'm saying about sales to be true, who are using it to manipulate people. Yeah to take action on things they know they will never take action on. It's one of the reasons why I have, it's taken me eight years to do a course because I didn't want to come off as my competitors who are out here overcomplicating systems to sell you a complicated system that you need in order to take action. So 
for a very long time. Like my clients literally have had to strong arm me into doing this because I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. You can show up to the workshops and you show up to the trainings, but I realized that some people learn information differently. And so I've not been strong arm, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just, you have to understand there's so many people out here who already know this and the information has gotten to the wrong hands. And so as an informed buyer, it's our responsibility to one, you know, show up in these rooms authentic, but also be able to know when someone is not, yeah. you know, it's very, very true. It's like media literacy, you know, and understand when the media are manipulating or, you know, through ads and, and commercials and things and, and like sales literacy as, as mm-hmm. well to understand what's going on. Yeah. We need to yeah. have a heightened level of awareness, just like yeah. much higher than you know, where you are today. I tell people when you're consuming any media for that Mm -hmm. matter, ask yourself, if you're getting, if you're feeling a good response, ask yourself why. See how you can manipulate that same, you know, strategy and do it for yourself to get that same reaction in your clients. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm good at what I do because I can look at something I can say, oh, they made me excited. I don't even have, you know, they might, they might be selling cat treats and I'm like, I don't even have a cat, but now I should get one to sell cat treats. Exactly. Yeah. So if you, if you heighten your level of awareness, then you now can be an informed buyer, but also an informed seller because everything is give and take no matter what you're selling. Totally. Yeah. So earlier you were talking about building relationships with both clients and people who didn't become clients yet. So how do you do that? So I am very big on CRM systems. Um, I use one called Close, C-L-O-Z-E, because every time I say it, people type in Close and that is not what comes up. (laughs) C-L-O-Z-E. Z-E, correct. And essentially what Close does, which a lot of CRMs do, so I'm not necessarily saying you have to use Close. It it helps you keep in track uh, or keep on track with your follow-ups and making sure you stay warm to people. So that example that I use for my client she was in a system and I've even shared this with her. So this is not like knowledge. She'd be like, oh my God, she's in a system that tells me, hey, you haven't talked to so-and-so in three months. Should you reach out? And all I do is reach out. I look at my notes or use my memory based off of what I know. And I just say, hey, how's this going? Hey, how-? make a habit of like really building rapport with people in general, right? Like even when I joined this call, I don't have to remember that you have a group and that is a podcast and you're transitioning from selling your your course to everyone. You know, I don't have to remember yeah. all the details, but I choose to because I'm about building relationships, Yeah, you know? And so if you do this just in general, it will result in opportunities and opportunities can help you get sales. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That sounds like a great system. Yeah, I, I take notes. closed before. Yeah, I take notes. I store. What do you use as a CRM? I'm curious. <laughs> Not something that sophisticated. Let me just yeah, give your audience keep. a free one. Streak is a great one that integrates okay. with email, and it will Ooh. you can build the same pipelines and see where people are, and it will say there's a. I think they use the word freshness factor. So how fresh is this lead or client or partner? We have the yeah. same funnels for all of our partners and like anyone I'm on a, a podcast with keeping that relationship fresh as well. Just making yeah. sure that your audience never forgets about you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and I take that back. I use HoneyBook, uh, not a proper or pure CRM, mm-hmm. but everyone who schedules with me gets into the system. Gotcha. So, 
Yeah. Gotcha. So all you're missing then is that integration point that will yeah. say, hey, you haven't talked to Samantha. Exactly. Three weeks. Right. It doesn't prompt me for any of that. So I would have to remember to do that, but it stores all of the information. So I have a shit ton of people in there. (laughs) I just lack the system to tell me, hey, you know, go nudge Chrissy and tell her hi and ask her about her group and who she's booted recently. (laughs) Oh, I definitely boot. But even the one thing I shouldn't say about clothes and what makes it really good. That's why I like to do the free first. When you get like, maybe when you start having to manage hundreds of people, there's Mm -hmm. no way this thing is going to fail you, right? Your brain Mm -hmm. is always going to fail you. And so clothes is really good because it goes back in time. It'll pull all of your contacts in mm-hmm. and build nice little timelines. I don't get paid for saying this. Nice little timelines. And it will say, hey, this person you haven't followed up with, do you want to follow up with them? Based off of how you categorize them. So you can put your friends and family in there if you want. You know, maybe you want to talk to your Aunt Susan, you know, every three months. Damn. You can put those in there. They naturally are already in there if you send any kind of communication to them. It builds yeah. your text message. It does a lot. It's definitely oh, a goodness. service. Why aren't you an affiliate? They become an affiliate. Oh, they don't. Oh my goodness. No, no, they don't have an affiliate. A lot of my clients use it because of me. It, it sucks. But I mean, I'm not afraid to promote good. Yeah, tools. no. You have to be in yeah. it, something in it for me. Oh, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that definitely helps with sales. Um, good follow up. That relationship building. Yeah. Follow up that's is awesome. key. If you, yes. I encourage each of you, everyone listening. Okay. Follow up with at least, let's say, five of your, you know, past potentials and really try to build that rapport with them. Don't follow up and say, hey, have you made a decision yet? Think about something you've had, a conversation you had in that discovery call, that consultation, or maybe something they shared on their social media. Start a conversation with them and Mm -hmm. then let that guide you to a follow up call where you then talk about, again, the pain. Right. Because if you think about it. Let's just look at them as a human being for a second. So I had a lot of pain. I booked a call with someone. They talked to me for an hour. I was really excited and motivated because that's usually how they end the calls. That's why you need to close on the call, which is a whole nother conversation. But I was really excited and motivated. They sent me the information because I have a ton of emails. It got lost in some stuff, but maybe I looked at it a couple of times. I ended up calming down a little bit. It's not a problem anymore or deciding, hey, I'll try try things myself or I'll go another route. It doesn't work. And now I'm back at pain and suffering in silence. But then lo and behold, now re-enters you again with your shiny cape on. I am here to save you. And then now we restart this whole process again. And they're more likely to follow up or to move forward because you showed persistence. And you show that you care about them. They are not just a number and you're moving on to the next one. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different strategy, but it works a hundred percent of the time. Like if you really just show that you care, right? Because we're impact driven and we do care. We want to help. Naturally, it's human beings who want to help, right? Yes. You show that you care, people will move forward. Unless you're just really not a culture, like personality fit type. Right, right. And I love what you said about you could get in touch and say, hey, I loved that social media post about blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So that means from the beginning, follow your potential clients and, you know, current clients on social media Mm -hmm. so that you can actually get those ideas and have that content. I mean, you can always go and look people up and say, hey, just found you on Instagram, saw that post and, you know, was thinking about you, blah, blah, blah. 
Mm-hmm. I actually have what I call a hot list. So anytime I am talking to people, which I talk to anywhere from eight to 15 people a day. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And that's including some of my team members, but I, my point is I'm in a lot of calls, so I can't remember all these people. So I have what I call a hot list and it's just a list of like Instagrams for me to keep a pulse on mm. so that I can stay fresh on what's happening in their lives. So when they mention things, I can say, Oh, I saw that you mentioned this. And they're like, those little things build delight, customer delight. This is something we can research, but those things build customer delight. And then they're like, wow, they really care. Yes. Right. So it's not that I say spend all your time stalking your clients, but creative and how you keep a pulse on people. Absolutely. So those little things really do go a long way. I'm always deeply impressed when someone asks me about something, because, you know, I don't expect anyone to remember anything about me mm-hmm. because Everyone has so much going on in their own lives and their own friends, family, and all of that. But when someone does, I'm like, wow. Exactly. That's right. awesome. Right. Yeah. So do you have any other key points that people should remember or do? I would say overall, be okay with trying something and not failing because there's no such thing as failing because you always learn, right? But yeah. be okay with trying something, commit to it for an extended amount of time mm-hmm. and then be okay with pivoting based on the results. Because what usually happens is that we say, okay, I listened to Fissy in this pod show and she said to do some sales. All right, cool. I'm going to follow with people and I get crickets. And then we make those crickets about us, right? Yeah. They hate me. Not that they're <laughs> terrible with email, Right. Most of the, most people, unless you practice inbox, they're like myself. Right. Most people have thousands of emails that you could have got drowned out in. But we take it as, oh, my God, they hate me. So or they opened the email and didn't respond. How many times have we been opened an email and they got distracted by something? Yes. If we just start thinking about our clients as people. That would be to probably number one before what I'm saying now. If we start thinking about them as people, we can give them so much more grace. But it'd be OK with trying a system, any system mm-hmm. that's not like something you got to buy because what I'm telling you is all free. <laughs> Be okay with buy or trying something and then pivoting based off of what you see. Do some research on sales. I don't see a lot of business owners trying to learn sales. Yeah, if yeah. anything, they try to outsource to a marketing expert, which mm-hmm. is great. But what happens when you have 20 qualified leads at your door? What are you going to do? Yeah. And you say marketing isn't working. We need more people. No, you need to learn how to close. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How to close and how to say no to which people. Yeah. The quicker, I I would like to say the the quicker that you understand who your potential client is, Mm -hmm. the faster you're able to get into a call or even do complete qualification outside of the call, but get into a call and not let it be a complete waste of time, Mm -hmm. you know, for you. Because especially someone like me, right? I'm having so many calls. (laughs) The worst thing you can do is get in front of someone and waste your time in theirs and not have any solutions for them. True. So for example, I encourage people to just get out there in general because you get feedback. I'm going to tell a story in a second. But if you get out there and just take action, I always Mm -hmm. say take fast and perfect or rapid and perfect action is what I like to say. And so- If you just get out there, you learn a lot about what the market is even wanting. So, for example, I was getting all these sales calls for for website help. And what it really is, is that a lot of business owners, they don't have a like tech person they can run to and say, this thing is broken and I tried to fix it and I cannot figure it out. 
and they can't rely on the, you know, whatever web support they have because let's be honest, web support is usually not that helpful. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even me as a super technical person. They just say, did you try it in a different browser? Why should I have tried in a different browser? Exactly. (laughs) But having my pulse, right? Not shutting down these clients and listening to their feedback. We developed a tech and web consulting package where Mm -hmm. come on once a month, we prioritize what you got going on to even give you a little bit of strategy of what we think you should have going on. But then we also offer like a certain amount of hours of assistance as well. So I wouldn't have been able to build that package had I just turned all these people away. Like, oh, your work's too small for us. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we have our ear on the ground at all times. That's excellent. Yeah, it really is about listening, asking the right questions and listening to the answers. Absolutely. Yeah, do so but much. Actively listening, because I think we we listen, but we don't. We don't listen. We listen to them, but we listen from like our own, like what we want to hear. Mm. I'll give another really good sales tip. If you're doing calls, or emails even. If you're doing any kind of communication with a client one-to-one, go back and watch the recording or read it, kind of try to read it like objectively, right? Like Mm. I always tell people, listen to your calls. Every call I have is recorded for a reason. And so Mm. you'll never see when you're facilitating that call and making sure that like there's no air, you know, people like to not have any gaps or awkward moments, all that stuff. If you're in the moment, you can't see how you show up. So I know my presence on calls is very significant because I've perfected it. And that's from watching myself, right? That's from knowing like how the person, seeing the body shift in someone when I'm going to go pull up a resource and look over to the side on another monitor or, you know, trying to keep them engaged while I'm doing certain things. Mm -hmm. So by paying attention to yourself in these calls, you'll also perfect your process and how you show up because you'll see the shifts in them. Yeah, of the shifts in you, you know, or let's just say for those who are have not quite made it profitable in business yet, if you're still at break even or even pre revenue, mm-hmm. your energy is likely very desperate in those yeah. calls. It's like, pay with me, give me money. Here are my services. Are you sure? Yeah. It's just too much, and yeah. you get the person shut down right in front of you. But yeah. because they're so focused on their own stuff, you won't see it. Very true. That's a great idea. Yeah. I hadn't thought about recording those calls, but that's exactly what happens when you call customer service someplace, you know, and you always get the thing. This call is being recorded. Yeah. For quality reasons, right? Exactly. I can perfect it next time. So when something goes terribly wrong and someone says, oh, that person was rude to me, they can go back and listen and say, okay, I can see how we can improve here. It's not from you did this wrong because we can be perceived again from branding. We can be perceived in a way, but it's more from a, how can we do this better next time? Yeah, very true. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All this was fabulous. Great, great tips. So what kind of services do you offer? You just mentioned one, but what other services do you offer at the Color Addict? So at Color Addict, we do digital marketing. We also do web design and I am a strategic consultant where I do tech and web, but I also do just brand and business strategy as well. I help my clients one-on-one kind of get through all of that like fluff that's out here on the internet. I'm really trying my hardest. I'm only one person. So maybe I need to assemble a team around this to try to get in front of some of these internet gurus mm-hmm. or it's way too complicated. And so 
with the consultant, I work with them one-on-one to talk about like pricing their products, how to come up with an actual sales goal that isn't just something you pull out of your derriere, you know? (laughs) You know, some people say, you know, I want to make 10K a month, but they really mean 10K in their pocket, which Mm -hmm. how do you pay the business expenses? How do you pay your accountant? You know, it needs to be more. So I have all kinds of like spreadsheets and tools that I've built myself to help them come up with this stuff. And then I am also going to start launching courses. So I have my first one coming up here in a month around sales, which is perfect for this conversation. Yep. Ooh, can't wait for that. That'll be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. Going to be great. I'm excited for it. I'm I'm mad that I waited this long because <laughs> I was trying not to see be like the other guys. I'm mad yeah. I waited this long, but it really just took convincing myself that you can never be them because your heart's in it. You know, I actually yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're you, your unique voice, personality, your integrity, all of that's going to come through and yeah, going to be different. It's exciting. It's yes. very exciting. But I'm excited to figure out one of the things I'm working on right now is try to have some type of execution, you know, component to it. Because what I don't want to do, what I'm afraid to do is to keep doing all of these like courses and guides and stuff. And then they don't take action. They're really great things that people are holding on to. I do not wish to be in that business at all. And so I'm trying to figure out, I just had a call with one of my clients today who struggles with sales as well, how to build an accountability aspect to the course where maybe it's either a call or like a part of a, a some type of like, we talked about like a phone tree where it's mm. like you do yours and then you call the next person, make sure they do theirs type of thing. That's so I'm cool. trying to figure out how to play with, with that to make sure we just hit our numbers. Yeah. When I realized that sales was all in the numbers, it just became a simple math problem. Talk to this mm. many people to get this many people to X, right? X step, which is a consultation for me. And then if I talk to this many people based on my previous conversion, right, I know that this many will move forward. So now work backwards. I know the goal. True. That makes sense. Yeah. Just simple math and a little yeah. bit of science to look at the analytics. Yeah. And then the mindset of just doing it. Exactly. Yeah. I get love that. Yeah. yeah, it's the mindset for sure. And that will stop you most of the way. Yes. But just listening to yourself again, hiding your level of awareness will get you there because you'll start to say, Chrissy, why are you saying that people don't care about what you, you know, they care. You know, you'll start to say these things like, what are you talking about? You're, that's nonsense. We know <laughs> they care. We know they have a problem. You know, sometimes I even say that to my clients, like, what are you saying? Like, of course, yeah. I have a problem. You know, everyone has something that they're working towards. Yeah, absolutely. And all they care about is if you have the solution to their problem, mm-hmm. not how the solution works. They right. don't care about your process. They care if you have their sol- the solution to their problem. And also that you understand their problem. Yes. Like, if you can true. show them that you have experienced, not you personally, but you have, um, let's say, experience in working with someone with this problem. Yeah. They'll trust you because yeah. now it's not, you know, you don't want to go to your, your, you know, local pizza place to get Chinese food. You want right. to go, you want to go to a Chinese, you know, food place and get Chinese. You don't want right. to go to someone who may be able to, like, I never understood how some places kind of have both. It's really weird to me. I'm like, I don't yeah. want that here. No, you're right. <laughs> I want a specialist. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Exactly. <laughs> Very true. So how can people find you online if they want to work with you? 
Definitely Instagram is definitely a good spot, but I would also just recommend people just booking time on my calendar and or shooting me an email. So color is spelled with K's. I know you're going to link it, but K-O-L-O-R-A-D-D-I-K-T. If you Google that, I will come up for like the first 10 million pages. We've checked it. We come up. (laughs) But yeah, definitely reach out with any questions. I'm not one of those people who you have to pay $3.99 to get an answer. You know, I'm all about removing the obstacles. So just feel free to reach out. Awesome. Yep. I will put that link in the show notes on this episode's page on my website. And I will include the Instagram one as well, which is, yeah, Color Addict Yep. as well. Yep. It's all easy. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today, Chrissy. This is fabulous. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Love chatting with you. And thank you all for being here today. I would love it if you would leave a positive rating and review. And if you love this episode, please share it with someone. I'll be back in a few days. So I'll see you next time on the Marketing Chat Podcast.